In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, Lily Zhang reaches the Women's World Cup semifinals. The Team World Cup is the WrestleMania of table tennis, and the Korean men's team battles China. We also have a hands-on review of Dignix 64 for all you equipment junkies. And remember, just because Jung Young-shik does it, doesn't mean you can too. Welcome back to another episode of Table Tennis Talk. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Lewis, and I'm here with Joey Cochran. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Joey? I'm good. It's uh, good to be back in the studio for another episode of Table Tennis Talk. Yeah, we're doing it a little early this month. Um, normally, we we try to hit right around that 15th, um, but actually, it's the, what, the 10th today? So, the 10th, yeah. Um, it's because you got some important tournaments to go win. Yep, that's the goal <laughs> next week. So, so um, yeah, it's this is our November episode. Uh, you mentioned it before. This is episode number eight, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I feel like every time we do a new episode, it's just like, like a, I don't know, it's like we're climbing a, a taller and taller mountain. Um, it's think, one step at a time, one episode at a time. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of cool. Like when we started, I wasn't sure how long we'd be able to do it, but I I really like doing these, and uh, here we are on episode eight, which is pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the twelfth uh, episode, which means that we've been doing it for a year, which is going to be super cool. So, yeah. um, all right, well let's let's uh, talk about last month. Um, what what did you have going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I've been trying to up my practice schedule. Um, just getting ready for some of the big tournaments at the end of the year. So next weekend I'll be going to uh, Indiana. It's um, for the South Shore Open. It's right outside of Chicago on the South Shore of Lake Michigan. Um, It's a really big tournament. I think most, uh, maybe not most, but a lot of the top juniors are going to be there. So at this tournament they have uh, Cy and Patty Wasserman. They donate a lot of money for the junior, um, junior events. I think there's like, couple thousand dollars for for the juniors cool so it brings in a lot of like young players and um a lot of i don't know regular players who aren't juniors yet or anymore um so i think i think i'm number eight seed going into it that's what that's what i was like last week or two weeks ago when i checked that's awesome um you've played this one before because this has been going on for a while right yeah it's an annual tournament um i haven't gone for the last couple years after moving to utah but i used to go every single year when i was still living in indiana cool yeah did you ever win it i've won it at least once maybe twice Um, it's a tough one to win though because a lot of the best players in chicago come a lot of the best juniors come and it's i mean it's just a big tournament overall a lot of like just in the Midwest region, a lot yeah. of the best players will come from that region. So, cool. Uh, it's a pretty tough one to win. Um, I, I mean, I'm hoping to win it if I can get a couple upsets yeah. in, but we'll see. There's yeah. there are quite a few good players. So, uh, and then after that, I've got the U.S. Open coming up, which I think we'll have another podcast before that. But just yeah. kind of preparing myself for those two big tournaments. Um, That's at the end of December. Is that right? Yeah, it's right before Christmas. Okay. So I want to say, yeah, just right before Christmas, whatever that week is. In Houston? 
in Dallas, Dallas. actually. Yeah. Okay. I think I might have said Houston. I've been <laughs> I've been confusing it. Like I'm going to Texas, and I think there was another tournament in Houston. Maybe it's the World Championships. The World in Championships. In so Houston, I feel yeah. like half the time I say Houston on accident, but it's really in like Dallas Fort Worth yeah. area. So we could just say Texas. It's yeah. Not, it's not a big state or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no big tournaments or big events in my life this last month other than just really just training. So what about you? Anything fun, exciting? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm trying to ramp up my, um, video recording setup for my, um, tech education stuff. So I've been buying, um, buying more equipment. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but over in the corner, I have a new bag. Nice. Um, and I've got this audio rack in there that I'm going to be using for recording. So I don't know. I'm I'm experimenting with that, and it's always I don't know. It's it's sort of fun because it's always fun to get new gear, but it's also like I bought I bought this like three or four thousand dollar like m- like drawing monitor. Oh dang! And it didn't work. so I had to like return this thing and uh, I was just um, I don't know it's just it's a lot of money like flying around and 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 it's um, that's yeah (laughs) I wouldn't want to spend four thousand dollars or three thousand dollars on a computer product and then especially if it doesn't work like oh man that's a bummer it might be fun like exciting to get it when it gets mailed and like opening it and stuff but that's (laughs) a lot of money to go out for something that's not going to work yeah, so I've um, been doing that. Um, I also started doing uh, NaNoWriMo uh, this month. Are you what is that? With that? No. Uh, so it's uh, National Novel Writing Month. Cool. And so it's the goal. I, I've done it once before um, almost 10 years ago. And the goal is that you, in the month of November, you write a 50,000-word novel. 50,000 words is like the goal. Wow. Um, which is a lot. That uh, is a ton. And I actually did it 10 years ago. I wrote this, I don't even, throwaway novel. Um, this time I'm trying to write a book on how to get into software, basically for people who don't have a computer science degree, which is kind of like me. That's um, neat. And so Relevant I'm, too. Like I feel like most computer guys are, yeah. are self-taught. So Definitely. Um, but I, was, I had a ton of trouble getting into software. Like I didn't know where to start. Um, and so I'm kind of trying to write the book that I wish that I had uh, when I was getting into it and um, using NaNoWriMo as an opportunity to kind of get the first draft done. Um, cool. That's awesome. You but I've not motivation. been, yeah, but I've not been keeping up with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try to catch up. Um, I've got, I've got time now, you know, cause that kind of can be my only focus, but um, yeah. Can't That's... be your only focus because there've been a ton of really cool video games that came out this. Oh month. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Death Stranding came out a couple days ago, and um, November is a, a really tough time for video games. Like Death Stranding just came out, and I've been spending a ton of time on that. There's a new Star Wars game coming out, which I probably won't get. I don't know if you're into Star Wars games. I I like them, but I I used to buy them all when I was like a teenager, a yeah. young teenager, but I haven't bought any for probably ten years. Okay. So this is the guy, this is the team who made the original like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Isn't there a new Call of Duty game that just came out too? There they made a remake of Modern Warfare, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the so the guys who originally did it, they left the studio and left Activision and started a new studio which made Titanfall most recently. Titanfall I heard was good. I never played it though. 
yeah, so now they have this single-player Star Wars game coming out, which is supposed to be really good, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. And then Shenmue 3. I don't know if you're a Shenmue fan. I haven't heard of that one. Shenmue. Luigi's Mansion just came out there. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like Nintendo stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I'll stop t- talking about video games. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right, let's talk about some news. So uh, you last podcast we talked about the – a big purchase you were planning or you had pre-ordered mm-hmm. and it finally came in and uh, so, take it away. Tell yeah, us. Yeah. So I, I pre-ordered Dignix 64. I, I'd gotten 05 and I really liked it. Um, I actually tried it on your rack at first mm-hmm. and I loved it. So I immediately just went out and bought it. And uh, then the butterfly has been advertising Dignix 80 and Dignix 64 so I I did a little bit of research on them both and on what people kind of play with uh, Tenergy rubbers. Like mm. a lot of players will play with Tenergy 05 on their forehand and Tenergy 64 on their backhand. So I kind of mimicked that a little bit. And I have Dignix 05 on the forehand now and Dignix okay. 64 on the backhand. So uh, Dignix 64, it's, it's tr- like trajectory is quite a bit lower um, and it's okay. much faster um and so less spin but faster is that the idea yeah a little bit less spin and a little bit faster yeah essentially that's really what it is um so i started using that on my backhand and i'm always hesitant to change um my rubber and my equipment and i i I was saying like i just want to be kind of on top of things a little bit so i decided to get the 64 and i really just didn't like it at first actually so Mm. it was a little too fast for me. Um, it was really hard to serve uh, my like my backhand serve because I have it on my backhand. So for a while, like the first couple days, I've been I, I was just actually flipping and using 05 on the backhand for my serves and then flipping back after the serve, <laughs> which is just not the uh, situation you want to be in. Yeah. And especially leading up to like some big tournaments, I was thinking, man, I'm just gonna have to scrap it and sell it or something, and yeah. then just get 0505. But since the, like the first week, I I've actually kind of really like it. And now when I hmm. flip and use 05 on my backhand, I I don't really like it as much. So hmm. I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, it's cool. it was a little hard to get used to, but I my block is really good. Uh, my loops are just like I call it the Dignick's magic, where you just swing <laughs> and it it lands. Like as long as you're on the topspin rally, you just swing and it's it's gonna land. Yeah. And like. I, I don't know. I'm I'm hitting my backhand is just like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, everything's awesome. landing. Everything feels good. When I flip back to the 05 now, it's it doesn't really work as well because I'm just not used to 05 anymore. Mm. So I think I'm gonna stick with it. I'm actually probably gonna order another sheet <laughs> for for my backup paddle. So I have oh, okay. I have my racket and then I have my my new one with right uh, 05 and 64, which I was gonna use as a backup. So now it's kind of my primary. Cool. And I'm gonna use. My old primer is going to become my backup, and just I'm going to have some fresh sheets of rubber on there in case I ever need to switch to it. Yeah. So why did you go with 64 over 80? Um, it was a faster one. I was thinking I I really just wanted to commit to having like a real fast backhand. Wait, hold on. 64 is the faster one. It's faster than 80. Yeah. Cool. So um, w- when you were adjusting to the 64, like. Do you remember like what you kind of had to do to your backhand to kind of become more used to it? Because it had more speed. So what were you kind of? So that's a good question. Um, just small adjustments. I 
so the speed with the top spins is it was almost immediate like as soon as i was hitting counters or loops it felt great um but as soon as i started pushing or looping backspin oh, is really where it kind of was hard um and i was putting everything in the net seemed like okay so it didn't have as much like kind of like stickiness as you were used to yeah with 05. it's well yeah so when you hit when you hit with 05 it I want to say it has more arc to it. Oh, okay. And when I when you hit with the 64, it just the arc wasn't quite there, so I, I was mm-hmm. kind of tipping the net or hitting it in the net, especially on the backspin loops. And then it when I was trying to serve, I was serving like in like way like it's hard to explain, but when I would serve it, the ball would land really close to the net, opposed to oh. like in the middle of the table or closer to me. So. Yeah. It just didn't have the space to get over the net. It was just like I was shooting out, out, it almost huh. just serving directly into the net where it just, it just had, didn't have a chance. So, the adjustments for, for the loops was you just had to swing so it give it more lift. Okay. Uh, and then the serves. I want to say like I didn't practice serves for probably a week, and then I came back to it and it worked just fine. So I think maybe when it was just fresh out of the wrapping, it had more speed or something but okay. i just i came back to it and all my serves were fine so i didn't really actually oh. have to adjust much to it uh, on the serve okay were you overhitting like when you were just like a top spin um counter were you was it going past the table so one thing i noticed was i i wasn't but oh, all my okay. shots were landing really deep yeah and it kind of like hit me like Man, my blocks are have not been landing deep. Like, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> but at least they are now, kind of thing. So yeah. it's actually something I've been consciously thinking about with my blocks. Like, man, I haven't even noticed, but my blocks have probably been landing like in the middle of the table <laughs> instead of closer to the line, which is not good, right? I mean, cool. you want your balls to land deep. Yeah. Um, so, I, no, I wasn't hitting long, but it okay. it was like a moment of realization. Like, man, my my shots have been sucking for who knows how long. <laughs> So. Awesome. Okay, uh, n- next up, I think we have a uh, our first uh, correction uh, where we have to revise something we talked about. Yeah, so with the Olympic team trials, uh, last month we were talking about how the, the U.S. team was playing the Canadian team, and I think I was, it was, I was under the impression where those players were going to the Olympics after beating the Canadians, mm, yeah. which is not the case. What what they were playing for was uh, the ability to go to the Olympics as a team. So mm. from North America, there we're allowed one team for the men and one team for the women. And that is decided in, in the team, Olympic team trials. So, um, which is separate from the U.S. Olympic team trials and the Canadian. So it's, yeah. kinda, it's kind of hard to understand, but basically... Since the U.S. beat the Canadians, the U.S. will have a team at the Olympics where the Canadians won't. But all of the players that beat the Canadian team still have to actually qualify for the Olympics oh, in God. February or March. Okay, okay. So th- there will be the the actual like Olympic team trials, and the players who make the Olympic team from the U.S. will get to compete on the team event, in the team event, and in singles and doubles and everything. Okay. So those players were just determining who, which country got a team. Yeah. To rep, like, yeah, for the team event. Cool. 
cool. So, yeah, it's actually pretty good. I mean, um, it makes it tougher for the trial, so I'll have to compete against Canuck and and um, uh, Tom and uh, Joshin. Kai Zhang. And Kai, yeah. I think I think Kai's going to be really tough to beat. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a little less known than Canuck, but he's probably the closest to Canuck's play level. Mm. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be tough. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And same with the women. Uh, yeah. Men and women. Cool. Uh, so uh, that's it for news. November was a um, a pretty big month for, I guess October, November. Um, was a it's the end of the year and they're doing all the cups now. So we've got mm-hmm. we had the women's World Cup and we had the team World Cup. We've got the men's World Cup um, coming up um, in the end of November and then the World Tour Finals in December. But um, the Women's World Cup uh, was kind of surprising. Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, th- go ahead and you can you can tell us what uh, the big news was. So the World Cup, just so everyone knows and so you know also, is you have to qualify for it. So it's very yeah. prestigious. It's 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 the it's the toughest tournament to actually qualify for. Yeah. So like even like Mima Ito, number one player in Japan, number six or seven in the world, didn't actually qualify because for whatever reason, it's it's really tough to qualify yeah. for it. And I think each country is only allowed to have two players maximum. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So you have to actually qualify or you have to have like an invite. So, yeah. And the, the qualifications are like regional regional tournaments so there's like a, i think an asia cup was a little bit ago right um, so it has almost all the best players from like different countries yeah. um and i think it, they cap it at like 20 people yeah something yeah. like that so the the big news from the women's world cup was uh, lily jong she she made it to the semifinals, which wow. is pretty awesome. Yeah, she beat uh, Mio Hirano from Japan um, in the first round. First round, yeah. And so there's group stages, and then there's single elimination after that. So Mio Hirano from in the first round, and then beating Sofia Polkanova uh, from Austria in the quarterfinals uh, before facing China in the semis. But really good wins um, for for Lily, and even like. I think she was one of the invites. She was the 20th seed at the tournament. Wow. And then she made it uh, to the semifinals, which was just awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. um, Sofia Pocanova won the uh, European Cup. Okay. Um, Man, that's a tough tournament to win. (laughs) Yeah. And then Miu Hirano is number 10 in the world right now. Um, So, And then she also beat Adriana Diaz in the groups, which is how she got to get out of the groups. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't. I didn't see that one, but yeah, she is, she was in a group good. with um, Bernadette Socks and Adriana Diaz, and she lost to Bernadette, but she beat Adriana. Cool, she got out. Wow, um, but man, I mean, she was playing so good. Like some of these matches were, I mean, I feel like it's the best she's played in her career yet. Um, it was really nice to see because I feel like the last couple months, um, ever since the, I mean, last few months, Lily's kind of not perform to her best mm-hmm. and then going to the world cup and playing your best there is like, that's the place like great place to just show up and dominate. Yeah. So yeah, really happy for her. It was really cool to see her do so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the finals, it was China versus China. 
<laughs> yeah, not a big surprise. But um, Liu Shiwen won it um, over uh, Zhu Yuling, and and Liu Shiwen is. Um, it kind of seems like she's getting towards the end of her career, but she just keeps taking um, these uh, big tournaments. I think she. Oh gosh, um, I think the world championships. I think she won for women's mm-hmm. um, this year. Um, so she's really been. Uh, it's good to awesome. see. I think of the Chinese women's team, she's probably my favorite. Um, so I was happy to see see her win. Yeah, and that's who Lily lost to in the semifinals. So I feel like it's like when you when you lose to like the person who who won, it's like okay, well, you know that's yeah that's more understandable than like. If you lose to like somebody who doesn't win, then you're like, man, I should have yeah. beat them. It's like, man, if I could have just made it to the finals, but yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing that was that was really uh, interesting is um, so the Chinese national team came over and 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 practiced uh, just a few months ago with the American team, right? And um, what was really cool is at the end of the match uh, between Liu Xiuwen and uh, Lily Zhang. Um, they uh, they shared a, a a smile and kind of a heartfelt uh, you know end of end of match handshake. Um, whereas usually like the Chinese national team is just like slap the hand and like like time to move on. It's all it was, business. Yeah. It was actually very uh, I don't know. It was kind of it was nice to see like that 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 um, training and that kind of um, friendship there. So. Yeah, there's kind of a friendship or rapport being developed because. Um, I mean, we like we just yeah. hosted them like just prior to that. Yeah, so. and it would be great for them to kind of like keep help, coming over. <laughs> yeah, keep coming over, keep making our uh, U.S. team better. Yeah, um, yeah, but that was the women's World Cup. Uh, the team World Cup just ended last night. Yeah, I was I went to sleep at like four thirty <laughs> and didn't quite like I, I I actually feel a little bad. Um, uh, I I went to bed when. Uh, Mima Ito was on was like two games up on um, uh, Sun Yingsha, and then I went to sleep, and then she lost. Oh it. man, you should have stayed awake. So clearly, it was all my fault um, that she lost. So I'm sorry, Mima. Um, anyways, um, she needed your support. I know. You fell asleep. Um, Team World Cup was was really cool. I always these kind of team events when it's a nation. Um, I feel like it's like a mini Olympics and I, I've said this before, but I, it's so fun because, uh, not only do you kind of get to root for a country or root for a team, um, but also like you on regular world tour events, like a lot of times because of seating and all of that, um, really, really good, um, like players uh, from one country may not play really good players from another country because it's, you know, they'll go, they'll get out to some random. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is kind of cool because uh, you get to see almost like the, the players that you want to see play each other play. So like, for instance, um, England and Japan, um, the men's team, you got to kind of see the matchups that you're always interested in, but like, um, like Liam Pitchford playing Harimoto, like that happens maybe once a year. And so it's like, you know, this is kind of a chance to get to see that kind of cool stuff. Um, even like the U S team, um, playing, they got to play cool people that you would want to see them play. So it's kind of like the, um, 
I don't really watch wrestling anymore, but it's like the WrestleMania of of, <laughs> of table tennis world. You get to see the. I remember when I was a kid and I watched wrestling. It was like normal wrestling was like it would be like Hulk Hogan versus some guy who uses his real name, who it's like like never heard of, does isn't wearing a costume, and they fight, and it's like what was that? That was pointless. WrestleMania <laughs> is when you get to see like Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. I don't know, show me how old I am. But <laughs> so, anyways, uh, uh, what were some of the matches you watched or you liked? Uh, so I didn't see any of the ones from this morning or last night. So okay, uh, I think probably the biggest ones were England against Japan. Um, yeah, that was so. It was in the group stage. It was in the group stage, and England Liam Pitchford had to play Haramoto and Kokiniwa. Great matches. And Pitchford, Pitchford won both, which was huge upsets for yeah. for I mean for England. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and then Paul Paul Drinkle, he had to play. Uh, you're gonna have to help me with this name, Maharu Yoshimura. Yeah, yeah, that was perfect. Okay, perfect. Um, and so and actually Drinkle won that. So. Uh, England took down Japan. They lost the doubles match in the beginning, but then they won the three singles matches, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So a big upset for England, and they moved out. And Japan also advanced as second, um, but it kind of messed up their draw a little bit. Um, and then uh, U.S. Uh, men, they had to play uh, Korea in the group and Sweden in the group. <laughs> And very tough group, but they beat Sweden, which was pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, so they advanced second. They lost to uh, they lost to Korea. Sweden without Matthias Falk, he wasn't there. Yeah, so I don't. What's up with that? I don't know. The that's I was like their at the be, that's like their top player. Yeah, it, he must. I don't know. Maybe he was sick, or maybe he was playing in the Bundesliga. But I doubt it. I I feel yeah. like this would take precedence yeah. in the World Cup. Um. Yeah, I was surprised. There were a couple people that I was surprised to see that they weren't there. Yeah. Um, but that was one of them. Sweden's still a great team. Even without Falk, he's, yeah, yeah, they're super hard. Um, really, a lot of great players come out of uh, the, the Scandinavian countries, especially yeah. Sweden. Um, so that was a big win for the U.S. But unfortunately, the U.S. had to play China in the first round of the single <laughs> elimination. So that was a little bit of a tough draw. For the men's team. For the men's. Yeah. And the women's. So oh, yeah. <laughs> the women, uh, they played, uh, the U.S. had to play Austria and Japan, wow. super hard group. Um, but we, the U.S. girls, they beat Austria okay. um, three to one. Um, Did uh, Lily uh, have a rematch with uh, Sofia Polkanova in Austria? No, actually, I, she. So Lily played in the doubles, and she would have played oh, okay. in the fifth match. Okay, but. She she didn't play any singles matches. Oh, we, okay. we won three game three matches to one. Nice. Um, but Amy Wang played really great. Um, she played. She lost. She went one and one, mm. which is really good. She, yeah, the yeah. First both, I think. No, she lost three two, and then she won three one nice. in her matches. So pretty close. I. Amy is like I've only played her once, and she's a super good player, but she. She, <laughs> I was watching her play, and like she always seems so bored. 
when she's out there. <laughs> I was, so they zoomed in on her. She's getting ready to return a serve. It's like nine all. And she's she's like looking around. She, she's not even looking at the, the server. She's, she, she, I, <laughs> you just have to watch when she plays. She's like yeah. looking up and down in her paddle. And like, here you are in the World Cup. Bunch of, like, <laughs> it's nine all. Like, focus. <laughs> but then she'll like go out and rip the serve. And okay, well, I guess she was ready. But She just makes it look easy. <laughs> That's what like, it is. What the heck? <laughs> focus. <laughs> but yeah, so US, they beat Austria and then advanced to play China in the first round and got knocked out. So that's a tough draw there. And I think so that both of the, the groups, I think that the U S had the toughest draws of anybody. So in the group, the men played Korea Mm. who got second and then they, they still advanced, U S still advanced and then had to play China in the first round who obviously won. Yeah. And then the girls, they played Japan in the group who got second (laughs) and then they played China in the first round and, yeah. Lost to China. It's like, man, you got the first and second seed in both. Like, that's a pretty tough draw. Yeah. Do you think uh, playing, like, playing against China or playing against Japan, do you think that, like, that, you know, whether they win or lose, do you think that, like, kind of improves? Is that, like, a good thing that they play these, like, significantly better uh, players than them? Or? Yeah, it does. It helps. Um, obviously, you'd rather play them later in the tournament. but. Sure. I mean, anytime you play somebody at that caliber, it's you're gonna walk away with with things to work on lessons and like learned. lessons learned exactly. Cool. So, and I mean, I feel like no matter who you play at that at that level, everyone is just so good. So yeah. you're always gonna walk away with with lessons learned. So it just, I mean, if you can play um, somebody else besides China in the first round, it would be kind of nice. <laughs> and hopefully, because China's just so hard to beat. Yeah. So hopefully you'd play somebody that you have actually have a chance against. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they have those uh, the groups matches, right? Right, right. Because that, that at least gives them a chance to play, um, you know, like the women's team played uh, Japan um, and Austria. So at least gives them a chance to play some others. Right. Before getting, before getting knocked out. Even if they were in the group with China, you know, at, at least they would – uh, get a few different matches in so right and i mean yeah that's that's a good point yeah it was kind of interesting the way that things played out with two people advancing so mm. since japan got beat by england they had to play germany in the first round yeah and i mean germany and japan are probably second third best after yeah. china so that was that was kind of a rough draw for germany um, yeah. and then uh and then Japan actually won that and then had to play China. So then China moved on. And then yeah. on the other half of the draw, it was uh, Korea and Taiwan. So both, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously those are Taiwan tough, tough has teams. like Lin Yunju and yeah, they're a, they're a silent team. assassin. Yeah. Um, I will say that the, the Germany Japanese men's match was really interesting because the Japanese team was uh, Jun Mizutani was missing from the Japanese team. Yeah, kind of odd. That's another one of those... Which is weird. ...absent players. That... Um, they had Harimoto and they had Kokiniwa. Um, and they replaced um, Mizutani with Maharu Yoshimura, which which is... I mean, he's good, but he's not that good. Like, he... Um, he's probably, like, number four in Japan, but 
like um, he beat Timo Bowl, <laughs> which is pretty is good like, win. That's insane. Like that's uh, that's really insane. Um, and so uh, even though kind of like they met in Germany, and Germany was playing like full strength. They had uh, Dima, Timo, and um, Patrick Francisca, who is like that's pretty stacked. Like I they, mean, yeah, that's like their A team. I feel like a lot of the countries, even China, they didn't they didn't have like Ma Long. And yeah. They didn't have. Um, they, let's see. They had Shushin. They yeah. had uh, Fan Zandong, and then who was a third? It was, Liang Jinkun. Okay, Liang Jinkun. And I was like, I was a little surprised to see Ma Long missing. It seemed like a lot of the teams had like one of the three guys missing, but Germany yeah. had all three. Like, they had their their best three guys, which was what I'd kind of expect from everybody. Yeah. Um, and then Japan beating them that was actually a pretty good win for Japan. Even though they didn't have Mitsutani on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, let's see what happened. Uh, oh, so on the, on the Japan-Germany match, um, they, they lost, Japan lost the doubles, but then Harimoto beat Dima, Yoshimura beat Timo, and then Harimoto beat Patrick Francisca. <laughs> and then Koki would have played Dimitri Ovtrov at the, in the, fifth game that's a little bit surprising like i kind of expect uh, harimoto to beat Oftrov and um pretty much all of his matches yeah um but having timo bowl lose was pretty surprising that was, that was and he lost in straight games i think yeah um and then patrick francisca i feel like maybe he's a little bit uh further down on the totem but he's yeah. been playing so good and he's been beating yeah. up on the chinese so him losing to harimoto isn't like a huge surprise but it was, I mean, I mean, I feel like he can beat anybody. So, yeah, um, yeah I think if, if Germany would have just, if Timo could have won his match against uh, Yoshimura, then I think that Germany would have won. It yeah. Just Timo didn't, didn't perform. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, honestly, Koki Niwa probably would have lost to Dimitri Ovtrov, So yeah, And that would have been the fifth match. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Japan played good against Germany and took him out. So only lost the doubles. Yeah. In doubles, I feel like can go either way. Like yeah. the, even some U S players beat the Chinese doubles team, um, in a recent tournament and it was pretty surprising, but then it's like doubles. I feel like just anything can happen. So. Yeah. It's so hard. It's not like, it's not like singles almost at all. Yeah. It's just the whole technique and the, the strategies are all totally different. And a lot of players are just kind of focused on singles yeah. So the doubles is just secondary. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of doubles. So in the men's finals, it was South Korea versus China. Um, and, uh, South Korean team started off with, uh, beating the Chinese team in doubles, which was, uh, pretty surprising. Um, you had Shushin and Yang Jinkun who are usually a really killer combo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, Lee Sang Soo and Jung Young Shik, who were both right-handed, uh, took them out, which was wow. um, pretty impressive. Is Lin Jung Kun is he lefty? No, Shushin is. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, Shushin. yeah. So, um, but then they lo- they lost in singles. Fun Jindong, um just murdered everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that actually uh, that transfers into our uh, who's who for this month. Um, and what what I wanted to, who I wanted to focus on was the South Korean men's team. They're kind of, 
I don't know. They're 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 not as well known as the Japanese team. Definitely not as well known as the Chinese team. Um, but they're they kind of punch above their weight. I feel like a lot of times. Um, a lot of times when they um, go up against uh, Chinese players or Japanese players, there's like a you know it's kind of a toss up as to who's who's going to win. So that we go through some of the um, players in order. Uh, world ranking. Um, we'll start with Jung Woo Jin, who uh, is 24 years old. He's world ranked number 14. Um, last year was his year, uh, 2018. He, um, in the Korean Open, he won the men's singles, he won the men's doubles, and he also won the mixed doubles. Jeez. Which means that he was the first player to ever win three golds at a um, world tour event. Holy cow. He's probably still the only person. Um, I don't know if anybody's done it since. But one one of the cool things is that that Korean Open, um, in the mixed doubles, he his partner was actually um, a North Korean women's player. Wow. Um, and uh, they had played together before, um, but I, I thought that was a, a pretty interesting. Um, and <laughs> the funniest thing is looking at the seating for that Korean Open, um, he was not seated at all. Except in the men's double, um, his team was seated at sixth. So he won the whole thing completely unseated. Cool. Um, Gives me is... hope for next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, if Jung Woo Jin can do it, I can do it. <laughs> um, and um, But this year, he just really hasn't been doing much. I think um, his... Um, it seems like he hasn't been playing doubles as much and his singles performance. He's been getting out in round 16, round 32 is, um, to be honest, when I was like doing the research, I was like, who is John Wujin? Once I saw him, I like recognized him, but he's just kind of been so absent this year that, um, not that he hasn't been playing just that he hasn't really been placing much. So, um, yeah, next up is Lee Sung Su, who is number 18. Um, He's 29, getting a little bit older. What would you say is like the the typical cutoff? Is it like 30 or 32 or something? Yeah, it kind of just depends. It seems like the Chinese, the 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 Asian players are are younger yeah. than like a lot of the Europeans where you got right. Timo Bull and oh, yeah, Oftrov yeah. and Samsonov and a whole bunch of older guys. Yeah. Um so it it kind of just depends on the players. I mean, the Asian countries have so many up and coming new players that they just kind right. of, I think they kind of prefer to put them on the team and give them experience and just kind of filter out the older players. Yeah. But yeah. they're probably just as good. I mean, even at the China open, you had the, like the 40 year old guy who won it. So yeah. Ho Ying Cha. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of just depends. Okay. Um, I'd say probably mid early early thirties, maybe mid thirties okay. is where people really peak. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of times, once you get to that age, you just kind of cut out. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're more injury prone. So. It's true. Know. Yeah. So Lee Sang Soo maybe maybe getting towards his. He's probably um, pretty close to yeah. the end of his career. Um, he's number eighteen right now. Um, he was number six earlier this year, and um, I guess. I guess he just didn't perform and then just kind of everybody who was, who was behind him uh, did better and, and their points went up. Um, so it's kind of surprised when I was like looking up his, his world ranking, I was like, 
I could have sworn he was so much higher, but um, I think he's been having a tough time of it. But uh, another good player. And then um, Jung Young-shik is number 21 in the world. He's 27 years old. I love his style. He is like one of my favorite players to watch. Um, we were watching before the podcast some of his stuff. He's got that weird backhand. He has the weirdest form. He stands straight up and he and he just like he doesn't it's like his stroke like okay, so last time we were we were um you were giving me a lesson, we were talking about stroke, like kind of have having the stroke fifty percent before and fifty percent after hitting them hitting mm-hmm. the ball. I feel like his stroke is like one hundred percent after the ball. Like he just like somehow his hand is there and he doesn't move it until he hits the ball and it's just it's so unnatural, but it's always I, I mean, I feel like maybe that's part of his success is they you never know where the ball's gonna go. Um Yeah. I he definitely has a weirder style. Um yeah. Yeah, for all my ping pong students listening, stay low. <laughs> uh, keep keep listening. <laughs> yeah, he's it's kind of a uh, you know just because Jung Young Shik does it doesn't mean that you should be doing it. Um, but um, he yeah, this year him and Lee Sang Soo uh, have won a lot of um, uh, doubles men's doubles championships, um, and they they're they're the team who beat. Uh, China and the Team World Cup, so doing really good. Um, back in 2017, he was in the top 10. Um, that's kind of his his top um, uh, ranking. Since then, he hasn't been doing that much. But um, did he did he just have a baby? One of these guys had a baby just recently. Uh, that one? was Lee Sang Soo. Okay, that was Lee Sang-Soo. and uh, Shushin and Lee Sang Soo played, and they both just had kids. Right, and I think they posted like an Instagram picture or something. They were like. Ping pong daddies or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. I remember. I think it was Adam Bobro commentating, and <laughs> it was that. like the like the day before or just a couple of days before their match. He his wife just had a baby. Uh, Lee Sang Soo's wife just had a baby. Like wow, it was just like a day or two later, and he's in like Germany or somewhere playing yeah. in his ITTF tournament. Like man, that'd be so hard after yeah, yeah after having a child. I think it was his first first kid yeah the the coolest thing about it is he was him and shushin were playing and they um they i i think they went to seven games like it, it was, was really, really close. close it was a great match yeah yeah and so. they had both just barely had had kids yeah that's cool <laughs> i i think there it seems like they're kind of friends outside of the competition too so yeah that's cool a lot of those guys are um yeah you know, when they're not competing against each other so all right, so that's who's who. Uh, hopefully, now when we talk about the South Korean team, uh, men's team, you'll you'll have mm-hmm. a clue of some of these players and know who to watch out for. Look for that Jung Young Shik uh, backhand and form. Um, so, what? Yeah, Wait, have you heard any or seen any updates with the T League? Um, what? How's your quest been going? With <laughs> have you found any streams? T League. Um, yeah, so because all the World Cups, T-League has been a little quiet. Um, they did have two men's matches um, a couple weeks ago. R- like, randomly. I don't know how they decide when to get these matches in and, like, why it's just, like, two men's matches and no women's matches. And I actually, no, it's probably they didn't do the women because the Women's World Cup was, was this month. Um, right. They probably went ahead and did a couple of men's matches because Men's World Cup isn't until next month. But... Um, the, um, 
Astida actually won both matches um, over the Kenoshita Meisters and the um, Rivets. And um, Astida is kind of a, they're kind of a weird team because they're, their like biggest Japanese player is Maharu Yoshimura, who we kind of talked about in the Team World Cup. Mm-hmm. They have some bigger names um, from overseas, like um, Cheng Shijuan and Jusei Hyuk. But it's kind of a weird team because there aren't like standouts. Like the Kenoshita Meisters has like Harimoto and Jun Mizutani and Ho Ying Chao from China. And um, Chao is the one who just won the Chinese Open, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a stacked team. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is a super stack team. And then there's, um, I can't remember um, who Kokini was on, um, but there's... And there's Estita beat the, the yeah, Masters? Wow, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I think Yoshimura won both of his matches. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I think he beat um, uh, Ho Ying Chao. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, um, they were they're really good. Jusei Hyuk won um, at least one of his matches. He was He was really killing it. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of like in this league play, a lot of time you're like, a lot of times you're like, this team like has to just dominate and they don't. And it's really, really kind of interesting. Um, but anyways, uh, there's some more matches coming at the end of November and the beginning of December. Um, so that's when it seems like it kind of picks up. How did you, how were you able to watch them? Were you able to find a stream for it or? So I just watched the, no, I just watched the digest, the YouTube digest, which I had set up the rules for the playlist to auto update. And then they changed the format of the titles for the, for the digest. They're onto us. They're onto you. I know it's it's so frustrating. So, um, I, I just watched the digest. However, um, I did, it's like, I, I came, I came so close to, to being able to watch um, uh, watch it live. So I was looking at the information and apparently, um, so we've already talked about Amazon prime Japan. You can get a T league channel and you can watch it live. But you um, need the Japanese credit card or yeah. address or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also, it also in, in the, on the T league site, it also said that you can watch it on DTV, which is something I never heard of. Um, so I clicked through and started looking up. Apparently, so Docomo is a Japanese um, cell phone carrier, um, one of the biggest. They're like, I don't know, the AT&T of Japan or something. Um, and apparently they have launched their own kind of like TV channel streaming type thing. A lot of that's going on in the U.S. with like Sling TV and yeah. Direct TV now. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, kind of similar to AT&T and DirecTV, like that kind of relationship. They're kind of like launching their own thing. But they have a channel that has T-League stuff. And so I was like, okay, this is really cool. Let me see if I can sign up for this. It seemed pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. You got like a 30-day trial and seven bucks a month or something. Um, and I got so close. I got, I kept going. I filled out the information. I put in my, put in a password. I get to the credit card information, put my credit card information in, and uh, it didn't work. <laughs> but it didn't say it has to be a Japanese address because it didn't say to put your address in at all. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And so I um, I tried it a couple times. I tried a couple different cards. I looked at the credit card terms and 
like at the very bottom, it says some credit cards, some overseas credit cards may not be um, like valid or something. And if you have to go through the legal documentation. Because like... <laughs> the error didn't say it. It just said, hey, your invalid credit card details, please retry or something like that. And so, yeah, I got to the bottom. I tried all my cards. They were all from different like the Visa and MasterCard and all these different things. Um, it even says American Express on there. And I'm like, American Express, like that's overseas. Like, give me a break. <laughs> but, um, well, I guess you can get them in different countries. But a- anyway, so I failed. There's there's one more option that the T-League website says, which is Hikari TV, which is like another online streaming thing. Um, which says specifically that you can watch it overseas. Says whether you're in the country or overseas, you can watch it. Um, I don't know if that means that you you can use a non um, overseas credit card. Uh, but the the big thing is it's not month to month. You have to pay for two years in advance. Holy moly! Which is insane. It's like I mean, it's you'll have T League for years though. Yeah, but I mean, if it doesn't work, <laughs> then I'm out like two hundred dollars or something. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. So um, I, I'm going to keep – I have not yet reached out to my friend in Japan. Um, I might I might just have to ping him next. Um, That's a big risk otherwise, I guess. So. I know. It's – it's ah, uh, uh, T-League. Um, maybe if it does so good this year. I'm, I'm kind of – I'm seeing uh, table tennis in Japan, and I feel like – I'm not there, but I feel like the the star is rising again for table tennis in Japan. Like uh, they got the T League going on. They just had the Team World Cup in Japan. Um, I think there the Japan Open was recently. Um, the Japan team, really both teams, are doing really good. Um, and so I I almost hope that T League is really successful. And then the next time they do some different streaming deal that allows people from not in the country to watch it. So that's my hope. That is the dream. (laughs) Okay. uh, Joey's coaching corner. What you got for us, Joey? Okay. So I want to talk about equipment junkies and (laughs) you know who you are when you go out and buy new rubber, like every week or new rackets. Um, (laughs) I, I, I definitely know quite a few people who do this. So, uh, basically I just, when you're, if you're out, uh, playing ping pong and you like to try new equipment all the time, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Um, it's fun. It's, it's kind of neat to try different rubbers and, uh, just experiment around and that's, that's all fun and fine. Uh, if you, what you don't want to do. You can do it recreational, recreational oh, okay. rubber trying. Okay. You don't want to be an addict. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to change your rubber, go to a tournament and lose your matches and be like, okay, well it's because of this rubber. And like, uh, here I am, I bought Dignick 64, like a week ago or whatever yeah. it was a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to a couple of really big tournaments. I'm going to be using it. It's, it's really dangerous to do that because now yeah. if I go and I lose, it's like, okay, well, did I lose because of X, Y, and Z, or did I lose because I just changed new, to new rubbers? Like, yeah. It's going to be really easy to blame the rubber, and if I lose, I'm sure that's what it'll be. Is if I, There's no way I'm going to lose this tournament unless it's Dignic 64. <laughs> so it's it's tough. The point I'm trying to make is it's tough to, to learn um, 
to learn from your mistakes if you're changing rubber all the time because it takes time to adjust to new rubber. Yeah. And it's almost never the rubber's fault for, for losing a match. It's, hmm. it's, it's you. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't blame the rubber. It's, it's because you didn't do something right or your opponent played better than you and you didn't adjust much. So, Or even you're not used to the rubber. Or maybe you're not used to the rubber, and yeah. maybe that is the reason why you lost, but you just got to give it more time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's important to have equipment that you can just count on and trust and know exactly how it's going to react. So if someone serves a backspin to your forehand, uh, you need to know, okay, I, I can push this ball and, it, and be consistent with it, where if you have a new piece of rubber or a different type of rubber, it's you might miss it and say, okay, well, I missed it because of the rubber, instead of, I missed it because I didn't come under it enough, or maybe mm. I, I the side spin got me and it, it hit the side, like it went off the side. And you need to be able to say, okay, here's the actual reason why you missed, and not yeah. say, okay, well, I might have missed it because of this reason, or I might have missed it because it's new rubber, or I might have missed it because of this. Like you need to have a definitive, here's why, so that way next time you get that serve, here's here's the solution, and yeah. be able to adjust to it. Really important for that. Um, what's a good, um, I'm not sure the best way to measure this, whether it's like training hours or like a specific time, but what would you suggest is a good time to give, to kind of get used to rubber, like before like a tournament or something? It depends on the rubber. Um, if it's, if it's the same type of rubber, so let's say I switched from Dignix 05 and just got a new sheet of Dignix 05. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say probably maybe a week. Um, oh, if wow. you, okay. If it's something like hurricane, yeah. um, you might want to give it a little bit longer. Cause when you get for hurricane for like the first week, it is so sticky and it's almost impossible to play with it. Okay. Um, and then it's really good for like two or three weeks and then it just starts to degrade really quickly. <laughs> so you kind of want to time it, it depending on the rubber. If you change completely from like Dignix 05 to Dignix 64, like I did, yeah. um, Maybe a month, okay. something like that. Okay. Uh, maybe a little less, uh, maybe two, three, four weeks, something like that. Yeah. Because it, and it, you got to, you got to really train with it. So I play maybe two hours in the morning and then two hours in the evening. So about maybe three or four hours a day. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's either coaching or ser- practicing serves or, or training on my own. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still hitting with my rubber right. and it's been, I think, I think I've had it for two weeks, okay, maybe three weeks and I'm, I'm heading into a tournament next weekend. So Got it. it's, it feels like it's a little bit new to okay. me and I, I wish I had maybe an extra two weeks to play with it because so, just cause it's totally different than, and that's yeah. even like Dignix 05 to 64. It's not a huge difference really. I mean, the, the arc is a little different the speed is different. Um, but it's not like a drastic difference where, and I still feel like I need about maybe a month. So yeah, when I switched to Dignix 05, I had been using the previous rubber for years and the yeah. previous wood for decades. <laughs> and I like, that was a huge change for me. Yeah. And I think I played in a tournament within just a couple of weeks and oh, okay. it was more of just like, I just want to dive head dive in head first and yeah. just immerse myself in it and i don't no, really care if back. i win or lose and just like burn the bridges burn the boats <laughs> like i'm i'm sticking to this kind yeah, of thing cool. so and 
that was pretty rough. And I almost lost to some people that I shouldn't have lost to. Uh. Um, and who knows, maybe it was, it, I feel like I was in that situation where I don't know if I'm missing because of my rubber or because I'm just not adjusting properly. Yeah. And it was really easy to blame the rubber. And by the end of that tournament, I was playing a chopper and I just wasn't, I wasn't adjusting well to his, his changes of spin. Yeah. And eventually I just like, okay, I just got to focus on, on the match and see what he's actually doing. And I'm just going to focus on that and the rubber will take its, I'll either miss it or make it on the rubber and I don't care, but I'm just going to focus on reading the spin and it ended up winning that match. I think it was down two one or something, Mm. but you just got to always kind of focus on the match and not on the rubber. And it's really easy to lose sight of that if you're changing rubber all the time. Got it. Is there as much, um, I know rubber, I know changing rubber is a big thing, but, do you think changing the blade has as much uh, difference as our blades are more expensive? So people don't usually change those as much, but yeah, um, I think it's about even actually. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, but like to your point, people don't usually change the wood. They just change the rubber. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's probably about the same. Cause you just gotta, it's, you can either blame the rubber or you can blame the wood. Okay. Um, and you don't really want to have that option. Just eliminate it from the table and say, okay, here's the rubber I'm going to use. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to make my game work with this rubber. And most rubbers are, as long as you get like a good brand, most rubbers are totally usable um, and good. You just got to adjust to it and adjust your strokes to it a little bit and you're good to go. So, and I mean, there are some obviously like, so for me, I was using the same old crappy wood (laughs) and some rubber that I started using when I was like 10 (laughs) <laughs> and just stuck with it, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna. That was probably a little too extreme, um, but for the most part, like most rubbers, you can just you can play with and yeah. and work with. You just gotta you just gotta know how it reacts to every scenario, and then once you're there, like why switch? You yeah. know it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right, so equipment junkies, you're you're yeah. on warning. Yeah. <laughs> officially you have to wait a month before you play a tournament um, <laughs> and you can't blame the rubber. That's the thing. Like, I mean, every player is pretty much, I mean, you have your own adjustment period, but you just got to count on it. You have, you need something you can count on. Is the yeah. key. Cool. All right. How about some weird world? Anything weird table tennis wise? I know you do. We got a weird one, uh, today. Um, so if, uh, I know we were talking earlier, you're not really into anime, which kind of surprised me because I feel like everybody like our age is, is super into anime. Yeah, I don't I guess know. you were playing ping pong and I was watching television. So, uh. <laughs> I, for whatever reason, like I have, n- I've never been able to get into anime. Like yeah. a lot of my friends watch it and they love it. Uh, I, I just, I can't get into it. I, I can't do it. I don't <laughs> know. It's just too weird for me. So, so one of the things you missed was um, obviously ping pong's big in Japan. Anime, basically, you know, depending on who you're talking to, anime has to come from Japan um, if you're a purist. And so uh, there are some ping pong animes. Um, One of of the uh, biggest is called the Ping Pong Club. Um, In Japanese, it's Ike Inachu Takubu, which means Go Inachu Ping Pong Club which like is going to sound weird in, in um, 
English. Uh, anyways, it started off as a comic, um, and then it was so popular they um, created an anime series based off the comic. It actually won the best 1996. It won the best um, manga of the year, best comic of the year, which is like kind of surprising. Um, it's got to be. I mean, I don't follow anime at all, but <laughs> that I mean, to win the comic of the year in Japan, it's like, there's got to be a pretty big deal because I feel like anime is pretty big in Japan, right? I mean, I mean there's like hundreds of at least hundreds, maybe even more of comic series that come out every single year. And so, yeah, it is a, it is a big deal. Um, even getting made into an anime is a big deal because, um, most, I would say most comic series do not get made into animes. So because anime, it's so expensive, like they're going to put all this, this investment into this series they expect to recoup that investment right? people watching it and stuff. So I don't know. That's enough history. Um, the ping pong club, it came out in around the late nineties in America. Originally it was on VHS tape. I don't know if, okay, you didn't do anime, but when I was in high school to watch anime, you had to go to a tower records and you had to buy a VHS tape, which cost almost $30 for like four episodes. <laughs> Which is like so thirty to, like the 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 amount of money compared to the like amount of or the content. length of content was totally skewed. How long is an episode like? Less than minutes? thirty minutes. Yeah, okay. like twenty minutes. Um, so, anyways, late nineties started coming out on VHS. Whenever DVDs came out, they start they put out the rest the whole series on DVD. Um, I don't remember. I think I might have first watched it on VHS. Um, but it's a series about a club um, at a Japanese high school. <clears throat> Sorry, not even a Japanese high school, um, a Japanese middle school. They're in eighth grade um, that uh, they're they're a ping pong club. But as we noticed after watching a couple episodes, they don't ever really play ping pong. <laughs> um, they really just uh, screw around. And there's a couple, there's a couple of people on the in the club that want to play ping pong and try to convince the other ones to play ping pong, but the other ones just want to mess around. Um, and so basically, every episode is just hijinks ensue, and they're um, a couple of them are perverted and and show their uh, butts and farts and uh, peek on girls and all sorts of. Uh, Fun non ping pong related things, <laughs> um, but okay. So so you watched. We didn't talk about it afterwards. I want to hear your opinions. Uh, we watched two episodes. So what did you think? <laughs> have you have you been converted to anime now? I uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, they got the uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> I don't know, kind of perverted, I guess. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, like, like you said, there's there's not, I mean, they're all talking about ping pong and like trying to keep their ping pong club going. But then as soon as they get their ping pong room back, they just like screw around and don't actually play ping pong. They're yeah. like training and doing sit ups and warming up and like almost getting to ping pong, but never actually playing ping pong. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I might, I might watch it just because it's like ping pong and yeah. see if I can, I don't know, just, I've never actually watched any anime all the way through. I, I can't do it. I've watched one anime movie. Yeah. And I, I hated it. <laughs> um, and so maybe, maybe I'll watch, maybe I'll watch yeah. this one, but yeah. 
So there, uh, so, so the, it's completely out of print. I, I actually bought all the DVDs on Amazon recently, um, by themselves. And it was like $2 per DVD cause they were used and nobody wants them anymore. Um, but people have uploaded them on YouTube, uh, and they, they have weird things so that the YouTube auto copyright filters don't take them down. But I actually think that the license, uh, for the show has expired. So I don't actually think anybody in America owns like the, so it's all like public domain. You could probably just find them. On it is not anywhere. public domain, oh, but, it's not. Okay. <laughs> but nobody has the license to be able to like re-release it or put it, put it on any streaming service or put it on Blu-ray or anything. That's, you know? Okay. Which is really disappointing. I think it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting show. It's, um, video content rights are always so weird. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like you own the rights. Like at least if someone wants to buy something that you own, like sell it to them for goodness yeah. sakes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating that the, the best way to watch this is somebody uploaded it on YouTube illegally. Um, but anyways, ping pong club, we're going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to put a link to the first four episodes. Um, they, they do subtitled and dubbed. So, I prefer subtitled because then you get the original voice, especially late nineties anime is going to have a really bad English dubbed voices, but there is the dub. Um, I think it's actually easier to find on YouTube. So, um, I won't include a link to that, but the link will be there. So, all right. Anyways, that's a weird world. Ping pong club. It is a weird world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Uh, that uh, that's basically our episode. Um, upcoming events. Tell tell me more about the South Shore Open. So, yeah. It? Um, so it's it's this coming. So right now it's the tenth of November. Um, it's November sixteenth and seventeenth. So next weekend. Okay. Um, it's it's just outside of Chicago, across the border from Illinois in Indiana. Cool. Um, it it brings in a lot of like the best players from the Midwest and um, a lot of the juniors from across the country. I think there's a couple of players from New York who will be there. Oh, nice. Um, it, a couple of guys from Chicago who are really good. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll be playing in that. There's like the open singles, open doubles. I'm playing actually with my old coach, um, Danny C. Miller. You're doing doubles with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. cool. We're actually playing in that. And then we're playing in the U.S. Open doubles also, which should be fun. Really? Yeah. Are you so? Are you gonna head out there and practice with them some beforehand? Uh, so I'm going out on Friday. Okay. So I'm, I'll play on like Friday evening. Um, just kind of oh, wow. get adjusted to the elevation and the venue. With with him or just single practice? Um, we'll probably just play singles, probably okay. with each other against each other, and just run through some drills and yeah. serving and opening and stuff like that. Do you need to, like, before you play doubles with somebody, do you need to get a lot of practice in with them? Yes and no. I mean, it helps. But so he's a lefty, which yeah. makes it much easier. I'm a righty, righty, lefty combination. So I'll need to practice some serves and we'll go over our signaling and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, like, I mean, if you want to be top tier, top level, then yeah, it helps to play with each other. But yeah. the strategies and, um, the movements especially like the movements for sure are kind of just like ingrained into us. Yeah. So okay. not a whole lot of adjustments or coordination there. Um, but strategies, it, it helps. Um, 
to have a little bit of preparation beforehand, but it also changes so much depending on who you're playing against. Right. So, um, it, we probably won't practice much doubles and we'll have a couple early rounds where we'll probably win easily before mm. playing the tougher matches. I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, I guess. But so you'll kind of treat those as practice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> probably not the best way to go about it. But <laughs> yeah. So I'm playing in that. I'm playing open doubles. There are a couple of rating events, I think. And then there's a hard bat event. So you're going to play hard bat? Playing hard bat. Yep. What is it with you and hard bat? You, are you, do you, do you, have you always played hard bat? Uh, things? probably no, probably for like the last 10 years. Okay I, okay. I guess I did play when I was young, but I was so bad at it. Like I would yeah. lose in the first match, but since then I've gotten actually pretty good with hard bat. So, huh. yeah. And hard bat is just no, is it no rubber or is it no, um, no sponge. sponge. Yeah. Okay. And you have to have it like an all wood paddle. Um, and then you played a 21 instead of 11. So it's, uh, it's kind of a weird rule. There, like old school, old school. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like short pips either. There's like hard bat specific rubbers. Um, oh. I think there are like six of them, not very many. Yeah. So, um, most ple- most people play defensively, but oh, okay. I actually play really aggressive, which kind of sets me apart um, cool. in the hard bat world. Yeah. So it's just kind of a fun event. Um, yeah. Cool. Kind of difficult. So then after that, then beginning of or mid mid December is the U.S. Open. I'm sure we'll have another podcast before then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's really what I'm training for right now. And then the, the cool. Olympic trials is next year. So nice, nice. Um, there's also some uh, big world events, um, world tour events before our next podcast. We've got uh, T2 Diamond Singapore is coming up. November starts November 21st, which is going to cool. be exciting yeah. um last one was t2 diamond malaysia i believe as the one that lin yunju won um this summer and that was i don't know it's just a really fun um event um then we got the men's world cup at the end of november and the world tour finals uh middle december world tour finals that is a big yeah. money tournament i believe oh okay i think i think last year first place was like 100 grand um if it's the one i'm thinking of wow yeah so that that should be a good one yeah yeah i think they take the the world like your world tour standing and that's who that maybe they take the top 16 or top 20 or something i forget yeah uh we'll have to to look yeah we'll have to look that up but um but yeah some cool events um as usual lots going on in the table tennis world so yeah, I feel like end them. of the year is when all the big, big yeah. time tournaments happen. So yeah, it should be exciting in the next couple months. Yeah, cool. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we will see you next time. See you, everybody. Table Tennis Talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis, edited by Ryan Lewis. Music on the podcast comes from Chill Hop Records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us questions to tabletennistalk.com or on Twitter at TTTalkPodcast.